This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, at long last, after a tense and frustrating wait, we finally know which city pools are opening this weekend. To celebrate the start of pool season, we're rounding up some of the best places to swim and giving you the latest on our city's lifeguard shortage. It's Tuesday, June 13th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. I'm here with lead producer Mallory Falk. Good morning. Good morning. And a very special guest who's hit up almost every Pittsburgh pool and ranked them all, Jill Turner. Welcome to CityCast Pittsburgh. Hi, thanks for having me. So before we dive into your ranking system, Jill, (laughs) Mallory, I know you've got the latest on which pools are actually opening this season. Yeah, uh, after a long wait, we finally know um, pools will officially open this Saturday, June 17th, and 15 of the city's 18 public pools will be opened. So that's more than last year when only 12 opened, but not all of them. Homewood, Sheridan, and the beloved Bloomfield Beach will not open this summer hipsters will riot like people are (laughs) people are not happy about that myself included because I do think last year Bloomfield Beach my um, superlative award for it was the C and B scene pool it's right by (laughs) Liberty Avenue so you can like go to the go to the pool run out grab a drink grab a burger slice of pizza everything afterwards during little Italy days it was really nice and the fact that it's closed I just I I don't know where everybody's gonna go probably over to uh, West Penn and Polish Hill well, with Bloomfield, though, isn't it like renovation based? It's not because yeah. of like the life gore situation. Yeah, it is. I mean, as a lot of people will comment on, they've had that longstanding non-functional mushroom there, which is really sad, <laughs> as well as um, just the it's a out- really expensive umbrella now. Yeah. <laughs> and as well as just the outbuilding, um, you know, that used to be probably a community center or that still has the... Um, locker rooms in it is just very decrepit. Like you can see it from the outside. It's just not doing well. So while it's good that it's getting renovated, I know people are going to be really upset that that, that location is going to be closed. Yeah. I saw the city also said that there's, I guess, like a tear in the pool's liner that has to get replaced. And I think we're still in like these pandemic supply chain (laughs) where apparently it's like a six month wait to replace this liner. And so that's part of the issue. All of these, they're saying, are closures not because of lifeguard shortages, but for construction reasons. So the city says Sheridan is closed for renovations, and then Homewood's closed because there's a big renovation project happening at Homewood Field Park, and so there's just going to be a lot of construction there. Jill, your pool rankings last year, I got to say, were a work of art. They published (laughs) in the Incline, um, but it was September, so we wanted to give your system a starring role for June. Um, But last year, you had the same problem that I expect you're going to have this year. There were a few pools closed, and now there's a few more open, but also more closures. I don't know how anyone keeps up with this. (laughs) 
And, you know, in addition to closures, just one other update about the pools this summer. Um, So more are opening than last year, but some of them are going to have limited hours. So most city pools are open from noon to 745 on Monday through Friday and then from noon to 545 on weekends and holidays. Um, But McBride in the South Hills and Sumeri on the north side, they'll only be open from noon to 445 p.m. and only on weekdays, which seems like a huge bummer. Um, And then Banksville. Yeah, you got to get out of the pool for dinner, I guess. Out of the pool for dinner. And you can't just spend like a long, luxurious Saturday lounging by the pool. Yeah, if you work a nine to five, you're just SOL. Exactly. Um, And then Banksville. Banksville in the South Hills and Riverview on the and Riverview on the North Side will only be open from noon to 4:45 on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Friday, um, and then they'll stay open until 5:45 on weekends and holidays. I hate that so much. Yeah, like a 4:45 closure is absurd. It's really early, and like you said, if you are working a nine to five and you want to go out to the pool like after work to get a dip and relax, like you can't. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you got a fifteen minute dip. Yeah, Riverview was my local for years, and it like last year I never once managed to get there on the right day for the right hours. Like even when I finally figured out the schedule, I still couldn't. Like I still managed to get there on a day that they were like, "Sorry, we couldn't staff. We're closed." And Ugh. I'm just like, "Are you serious?" I know. <laughs> I mean, so the city is saying that it kind of chose these hours based on attendance records. You know, they got more lifeguards this year than last year, but it's still not the full 155 they need. But to me, this 155 leads... lifeguards. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's less than I would have expected somehow. I don't know why. Yeah. Hmm. they. I guess they need 155 to open all the pools. And this year they got 145. Um They haven't been able to open all 18 of their pools since 2019. So this has been an ongoing issue. Um, I wonder if that's because of the pandemic to some extent, not just like lifeguard shortages, but also like they didn't open at all in 2020. Well, it's funny. I was actually reading this story because it's this isn't just a Pittsburgh issue. Like nationwide, there's this challenge of getting enough lifeguards and there are cities all over the country that can't open all of their pools because of this. Um, But I was reading this article on NPR about all of this and. They talked to this guy, Wyatt Wernerth, who's uh, the spokesperson for the American Lifeguard Association, and he gave like a number of reasons he thinks that there is this lifeguard shortage. But one that I thought was kind of funny is he partly blamed it on the fact that the show Baywatch has gone off the air. He said that like, <laughs> You're kidding me. back in the day, it was really this like glamorous job for attractive people. And it seemed really heroic because you'd watch all these like sexy water rescues on Baywatch. And now it's lost that allure. And it's kind of just thought of as this crappy job for teens. That's so funny. Because I remember as a kid, I thought the lifeguards were like the coolest people because they were all from the swim team in the high school. They were older, you know, as a kid going to the pool. Yeah, they were like kind of like glamorized in a way for me. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say Baywatch, but (laughs) 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 I don't know. My community pool now, like they're still they're still pretty. They're still very pretty people, you know, like it's still like and you can see the like little kids or like preteens staring at them with this look of awe. And it's just like. Oh, wow. You're so cool. And they are, honestly. I've never seen anyone with better hair by a pool in my life. So it's still got the cachet. I mean, <laughs> I think, you know, another reason is probably the pay. Um, and is it good? I know it's past $15 an hour now, but I wasn't sure how good. Yeah. So, I mean, Pittsburgh, at least, has been raising the pay to try to deal with this 
shortage. So this summer, the range is from 1648 to 1905 per hour, depending on your experience. But I think they've had to like boost it over the years because there are some better alternatives out there or there were some better alternatives out there for folks. I mean, and this makes me wonder, like, I don't know. I mean, isn't there like a residency requirement and stuff like that? Like, couldn't they just open it up and then they'll probably get more kids? I mean, you don't have to be you don't have to live here to be a police officer. Why should you have to live here to be a lifeguard? Yeah, I mean, I know that's an argument a lot of people have been making is that right now you have to be a city of Pittsburgh resident to qualify as a lifeguard. And we have so many surrounding municipalities and it is there is this question of if we're if we're in this shortage, if it's meaning that we can't open pools or we can only open pools in these limited hours, not on the weekends, not after the workday. Like, why don't we just open this up to more people? But so far, that doesn't seem like something the city is interested in. Well, and it's I don't know. I'm also frustrated, I think, by like this year seems better, seems on its face. But I mean, last year, for example, they kept Sue Murray closed for a while. And I remember talking to Councilman Bobby Wilson's office and they were like, oh, yeah, it's community leaders. It's 100 percent the community leaders that like effectively lobbied the city to get this back open, because I guess the complaint initially was that there were um, behavioral issues around the pool. But they were like, oh, you want to talk behavioral issues? Try not giving children a place to be for four or five hours supervised. It will get worse. In the heat, like in the, when everyone's hot and cranky and the thing that most solves that is having like an outlet. a nice refreshing pool to hang out in. Yeah. Yeah. So they got it back open with limited hours, like we said. But it's just I don't know. It's an it's kind of frustrating that like it's consistently like pools like that and spaces like that are the ones that are deprioritized sometimes. Yeah. And that's kind of what got me going. You know, this sort of started out as like a fun little like side project for me last summer. But when that whole thing happened, it really got me thinking about how pools are not just a place for people to like go and relax and have fun. But when I would see people at some of the pools, like a lot of the children were on first name basis with the lifeguards. So mm-hmm. they knew that that was an important part of their community, as you said, to like get out of the house for four and five hours, get out of their parents' hair, especially if they're communities that, you know, don't always have reliable access to cooling stations, central air conditioning, anything like that. It's a real public health thing too, just to have a place to cool down, especially with climate change making the weather so crazy. Um, or get a snack or have like you know access to clean water like just it's it's nice to have all of those things in one place um, for all the resources that that can be available and it does always also make me wonder you know here in pittsburgh you have to pay for access these are like city public pools but you still have to pay to get admitted which i know is not the case everywhere when i lived in new orleans you could just stroll right into the pool and it does make me wonder like shouldn't this city service be free because it is so important for everybody to be able to have access to these kind of spaces. Yeah, for people that are able, I've always recommended a family pass because yes. it's so much cheaper. Um, if you're going to go, I think, up to three times over the course of the summer, then it's worth the money um, because it's I think you can have four people for $60. So that'd be $15 a person or the better thing, I think, is to grab some neighbors or friends or whatever and go for six of you in for $80. So then it's a little bit less. Yeah, because otherwise it's $30 for an adult, $20 for a senior It is free for children 15 and younger who, again, are city residents. People are very firm about the city requirement. Um, It's also free for disabled veterans, active duty military, and activated reservist guard members. Um, But if you're not any of that, I think it's $3 per kid per day yeah, um, and $5 per adult, which is like kind of expensive over time. Yeah, exactly.
Hey, Pittsburgh. I want to tell you about a real steel town hero. Mary Cardwell Dawson was just the coolest. Not only was she the proprietess of that gorgeous Victorian mansion on Apple Street in Homewood, but inside it, she presided over the National Negro Opera Company. She founded guilds for other black singers all over the nation, and she was a mentor for fellow opera singers from here to Washington, D.C. And lucky for you, our modern Pittsburgh opera has a show celebrating her legacy. Get your tickets now for The Passion of Mary Cardwell Dawson. It's at the Bayam Theater through May 5th. And don't be nervous if you're new to opera. The show is in English. It's just over an hour and features a little dialogue for folks to follow along. Tickets start at just $15, and there are all kinds of discounts and special offers for students, teachers, seniors, and veterans. Get your tickets now in our show notes for the Pittsburgh Opera. That's at pittsburghopera.org. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So now that we know which pools are opening, how much they cost, and what our complaints are about that, we want to help people find the right pool for them. So, Jill. Last summer, you visited almost every pool that was open. I know you missed Sue Murray, uh, but you did this whole statistical analysis, ranking the pools, and then shared your results in the incline and on Instagram. I know you're planning to do it again this summer with some new categories. So tell us about what got you started and the great rubric behind it. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, it just sort of started off as like an an idea of like, I want to visit every pool because all the pools have been closed in 2020. I hadn't really gone in 2021. And um, I just realized that there were so many that I hadn't been to. And they're all just like a little slice of community flavor that I thought it was just like really would be really fun to see each one at least once. And then I came up with the idea of I would think I was talking about it with some friends and they were like, oh, you should rank them and compare them against one another. And then of course, you know, me being the researcher I am, I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to put a rubric together. Uh, (laughs) The thing is, I have heard so many people make jokes about doing this. You're the first person I know who actually did it and like has documentation to prove it. Oh, yeah. It wound up being way more of kind of a hit than I had anticipated. People really reacted positively to it. And I would be at, you know, a party or something where like a friend of a friend or an acquaintance would reveal that they started following my Instagram account and ask like, are you going to do it again this year? And they were (laughs) really excited. So I think it it just speaks to the fact that people sort of love, you know, people love to categorize things and rank them and seeing it, I think in sort of a like funny way of just like me writing on pen and paper um, in my official Hello Kitty folder that I keep all my rankings in. Um, (laughs) It's black and yellow too. (laughs) So I I think it was just kind of wound up being kind of a charming thing. Yeah. Yeah. What in your mind makes for a very good pool? Yeah. So last year um, I had four main categories. So cleanliness, size, amenities for everybody and adult considerations. So of course you want to go to a clean pool where there's like not garbage floating in it. The locker room, of course you want that to be clean. You don't want to feel like you're going to get, you know, like foot fungus from working in it. Uh, Must have flip flops to walk through the floor. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Size again, like 
that wound up becoming like a huge contributing factor um, in which pool actually won, but just the overall size of the pool, but also making sure that like there are ample places to sit as well as be in the pools. This is one of my favorite sections, yeah. like shade to grass ratio, grass to pool ratio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like the pool can be really big, but if there's no place to sit on the side, then it gets really crowded. Um a friend of mine asked if you actually like use the like schematics, like if you looked up their actual like <laughs> no. square footage. And I was like, I was Were like, you there this, with this... your measuring tape along the side. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this list is extra. I don't think she had that much time. Yeah, I'd just show up with one of those like little like tripod things and like measure everything. No, I, I didn't do totally. that. Kind of eyeballed it, you know, super scientific. <laughs> um, amenities for all, which is I had snacks and kitty areas and stuff like that. And then adult considerations were if there was an adult swim, which actually wound up being an issue for some pools that didn't have it because they didn't have enough staff um, to do that or the space. But then um, hmm. absence of cat calling, I kind of tweaked that for this year to just say like inclusive environment. Um, but like, you know, making sure it was a positive environment because, you know, people are walking around in their bathing suits. So you don't want to feel like people are going to like whistle at you or anything. Yeah, and then, yeah. um, proximity to restaurants and bars, which again, I thought some of the pools that were really going to pull ahead, <laughs> pool ahead, um, were ones <laughs> like Bloomfield or the Southside Pool um, or Ream up in um, Mount Washington, where, you know, you could go to the pool and then head out and go like grab a beer and a burger somewhere, as opposed to some of the pools that really do feel like they're in the middle of nowhere. But those have their own charm as well. Totally. Uh, and you said you're going to make some changes for this year, too. What are the new categories? Yeah. So I added, um, you know, I think a big word that we've been talking about, especially since the Fern Hollow bridge collapse and all that was just infrastructure upkeep. So in addition to cleanliness, mm -hmm. just seeing, you know, you were talking about um, the tear in the pools liner at Bloomfield, which they're on that waiting list to get fixed, but also just the locker room and adjacent outbuildings and perimeter structures. Um, you know, a lot of the pools are part of, you know, a community complex, like you'll see that there's a playground, there's a community center. But some of these community centers are still in use, you know, like out um, at McGee pool, um, that's still used. But some of them like for Bloomfield, as I was saying earlier, you can tell those buildings are just really in a state of disrepair and probably pretty dangerous. So it kind of runs the gamut there. And then I added an accessibility just because that was something I got a lot of feedback on um, last year of, you know, you see a lot of most, if not all of the pools have the um, chairs that, you know, if it's, there's a person using a wheelchair, they can be lowered into the pool, like with that apparatus. But a lot of times I realized that, you know, maybe the locker rooms or just even getting up to the pool itself might not have been um, that accessible. A lot of stairs in some of these um, locations. So, so many stairs yeah. at some of these. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I added in that category as well. So last year, once you hit up 11 of the 12 open pools, like what were your biggest takeaways from this project? My Well, my biggest takeaway, I think, was that like size really does matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Highland Park won, even though it had some spoiler serious alert. setbacks. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Highland Park won. Um, <laughs> but it had some pretty, pretty serious setbacks over the course of the season. Um, there was that issue with the pumps that they closed the entire deep end of the pool and no one was allowed in. But there was still enough room like for people to go into the rest of the pool. There was a splash area with a functioning mushroom. Looking at you, Bloomfield Pool. And um, a separate kiddie pool area. So even though a large swath of the pool was closed, it was still um, 
you know, had ample room for people to jump in. And then it also shut early because there was a mudslide that was like the most Pittsburgh thing. I forgot about that. There was a mudslide that came down the hill and they just had to close it early because the water and, you know, the areas just got too gross. Yeah. Well, so, okay, you you spoiled the first one, I guess, but let's go into your top five pick, which is not actually five because you had multiple ties. Um, So in fifth place, you had a three-way tie. Who were who were number five? Yeah, so number five was Bloomfield, Riverview, and Ammon Pool. And why? Why did they make the top five? What did you like about each of them? So Bloomfield, it was really location, location, location. Um, like I said, being able to go there during Little Italy days was um, was really fun. So you can like walk around Riverview. I think just again the location, but for a completely different reason because that is kind of isolated in the middle of Riverview. It's Park. delightfully but- serene over there. It, it's very serene. Not a lot of shade, um, though. Not a lot of shade. However, the cool thing that I thought about it was it was very large. The locker rooms were pretty clean. You can actually see the observatory from mm-hmm. it. So I thought that was really and cool. And it's excellent for adult lap swim. It's like just a good yes. shape and size. Yeah, it is. Um, and then Ammon Pool, um, that was the one where I thought it was really cool that they hosted um, – water polo there what so even yeah yeah so they there's actually a water polo league and um they practice and play there so um that was really cool because i had never been to that pool before i didn't even know it existed and to see that there was like this little cultural thing happening there was awesome and they also had the cleanest bathrooms um so yeah that that was pretty cool okay shout out ammon i like it yeah (laughs) so then you know, there was no fourth place because of all these ties. And then you had a two-way tie for third place, the coveted bronze medal. So tell us about those two winners. Yeah. So those are um, Ream Pool and Ormsby Pool. So Ream is in Mount Washington area. That was also another location-driven one because you could, you know, ostensibly walk up to Grandview, walk up to like Bigham Tavern and stuff from there. But it was also just a really cute location. It was one of the pools that they didn't have any grass. It was all just concrete, but they had these big um, umbrella-like structures. So it was pretty shady. And it was right next to a community garden that was really adorable. So um, that was kind of what set it apart. And then um, Ormsby Pool, that's the one um, in the south side. A lot of people will recognize that one. It's the one right by where um, you see it when you're getting onto Carson Street from the Birmingham Bridge. So, I love that pool so much. It's also right by a library. So you can like get your books. Yes. You can go over to the pool. You can hit like a bar or restaurant afterwards. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really cool. Also, the sunset over there is gorgeous. I'd wonder what percentage of books from that library are waterlogged compared to all the other branches. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That, that yeah. library is also just excellent. They have very good recommendations. Um, okay, so that was third place. Um, who took silver? Silver was McGee Pool, um, which is over in Greenfield on Greenfield Avenue. That was the one um, that I was talking about a little bit earlier that has um, their outbuildings is still in use. I think it's like an active living center for seniors. It was definitely on the smaller side of the pools, like definitely not as big as Highland Park, but it had just the shape of it was really conducive to having different areas where you could either wade in or dive. And um, the area that it is, is just really adorable. Um, I love the Greenfield neighborhood and it's right by um, like a, a soccer field or baseball field where it says like, 
a beautiful community. There's there's a mural there that's really cute. It just felt very charming. Yeah, I played kickball over there for years. It's a really nice little spot. Yeah. So I liked that one. There was a good vibe. Um, a girl there chastised me for not wanting to dive into the pool. But when I did, she gave me a high five and said, good job. I mean, I, so if, I thought if they're that- advertising community and you're getting high fives from children, I think that's the win. The most encouraging spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and you mentioned Highland Park was your big winner. Uh, I don't love I don't love I know this is a hot take. I don't love the Highland Park pool. I don't. I think it's too big. And the only good spot to sit is under that big old tree. Under the tree. Yeah. So yep. if you are not there yeah. at the right time to get a tree spot, you you just have to sit in the sun. I'm too old. I can't yeah. do it. I can't sit in the sun like that. <laughs> I mean, I really do. Like I said, I was I was telling people this over the weekend, and I guess you know, not everybody's like into like football or will like get this reference, but I just really felt that it was like the Patrick Mahomes of pools. That it was like probably shouldn't have won, but just like by sheer force of its I'm like dying. cachet and size, you know, <laughs> like Mallory's just, completely want, lost, you know? but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my hot take. But yeah, I think, you know, and it, it also one of the things that set it apart too, it is a very charming location. It's right by that pond where people um, can fish. But it was one of the ones that um, I haven't mentioned this yet, but most of the pools didn't have a functioning snack bar or a concession area. Um, one of the only ones that we went to that had the snack bar open was actually um, Westwood Pool. Um, which came in eighth. And we think the only reason that was open, there was Little League games going on at the time. So they had that open for the Little League games. There was also a guy there selling um, snow cones and stuff like that. Highland Park has a vending machine, um, which not all <laughs> pools have. And there are people that I know. <laughs> that that was the um, lidocaine injection or whatever they did to Patrick Mahomes during the Super Bowl. That just like pushed them over the line. I'm learning a lot um, about your personality right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but there was also, you know, sometimes people would set up like a little, um, truck outside that sold, you know, like packaged chips, um, like slushies and stuff like that. So just having that, even though it wasn't like officially sanctioned by the pool, but it was regularly there with these people selling these things, um, kind of helped with that too, because if you're not in a location like Bloomfield or the South side where you can just, you know, walk somewhere and grab snacks and, you know, um, soda or whatever you want to bring with you. Um, you kind of have to be mindful of bringing your own stuff because you don't know if you're going to be able to buy a snack or a drink at the pool. Very cool. Well, I hope that we see you by the pool this summer. Um, thank you for being such an amazing pool enthusiast for us um, and for sharing all that with CityCast and the Incline. It's the best. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Jill, when can we expect to see this year's rankings? Um, I am going to, as soon as the pool's open, I'm trying to get out there next weekend to get my family pass with some of my neighbors and get started. Um, as you'll see at Jill Rates Pools on Instagram, um, I'll be posting whenever I go to the pool. So Hopefully by the end of the summer, I'll do the uh, final roundup. I love that. Um, We'll have links to last year's roundup um, plus uh, Jill's handles in our show notes. Here's what else Pittsburgh is talking about. Pittsburgh Public Schools is hiring, and there are a bunch of gaps to fill before the next school year starts. The district needs more than 30 teachers' aides, 30 custodians, and a handful of nurses and security officers. And WESA reports they're offering some sign-on bonuses and increased wages to get folks in the door. And Pirates outfielder Andrew McCutcheon got his 2,000th hit. It was a single in the first inning off the Mets on Sunday, and the Buccos went on to win 2-1. to The Athletic reports that Kutch is the fifth active MLB player to achieve the milestone, and it came 14 years and eight days after his very first career hit. 
also against the Mets. Fun fact, when the Pirates get a home run, their preferred dugout celebration involves a full-length sword and is officially known as a swashbuckle. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking the show, please tell someone, rate the show, leave us a nice review, and subscribe to that Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you all soon. I can follow through context clues.